One, here we go. Jesus. What's good, y'all? What's good? <laughs> Back. Uh, I hope you missed us. <laughs> we look like deadbeat dads at this point. Man. <laughs> oh, man, we promised we're going to come back and then we just leave y'all. <laughs> oh, man, but it's good to be back. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let me go to this AKAs. I know y'all miss the AKAs, man. This, uh, you know, I go by the name of Jude, AKA JK, AKA J Swish. AKA the praise, AKA I flick him up, flick it up, AKA Jude and Lauded, AKA the habitual line stepper, AKA Young Alkiji, AKA the number one brand on Ingram stand, AKA Club Rona veteran, AKA three time NBA champ, you know what I'm saying, working on the three P with the Lakers, you already know what it is, 09, 2010, 2020, I've seen it all, I wasn't there for three years, but I'm here with the 2020 Lakers, you know what I'm saying, working the three P. AKA Judicus, AKA Wop Scout, AKA I don't do the jewel, but I act the fool with the mouse tool. AKA I'm not from here, I just get it done here. Show. What's good, y'all? Uh, hold on, let me, let me let me get my AKs. All right. What's good, y'all? It's Ren, AKA One Take Drake, AKA Punjabi Montana, AKA Mr. Beater Dooney's Down, AKA DJ Valid, not to be confused with DJ Khaled. AKA Duce Demolisher, AKA Regiment. I get the Franklins for playing with us. Yes, sir. It's good, y'all. It's Seku, AKA Firstborn, AKA Frozone, AKA New Chris Bosch, AKA Merch, AKA Number One Henny Connoisseur. Mm. And by the way, my name is Seku, and I always stay cool. Man, yes, man. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to catch up on. We've been gone since August. We <laughs> personal <clears throat> stories, but which I've been up to, man. What have you guys been up to? Uh shit. Who wants to go first? <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um we've been just trying to sit out this pandemic, you know, uh staying connected and the uh, new development. Uh, I'm employed right now, so I'm not just, you know, burning through cash right now. So I'm trying to get some money, uh, you know, get ready to kickstart a campaign for a new invention, you know, to keep it low key, watch out for me, you know, uh, and uh, happy for it takes me. And yeah. Yeah, man, I've been on shit for the last two months. <laughs> I've been inside. Uh, I, I turned 21. I don't know. I don't know if I even brought that up in the last episode. It's been so long, but I turned 21 in August. Uh, ever since, I've been trying to grow up my beard. I just got these new oils. I got uh, what? I got a painting from Uma. Okay. Hold on. There you go. Y'all can see. What's up? Supporting black businesses. You know how that goes. You know. Don't don't ever discount. Don't ever ask for a discount. You gotta pay full price. I pay full price. It hurt. It hurt my bank account, but <laughs> I did it. I did it anyways. Cause you know, gotta support black businesses. Um, yeah, all that stuff. We gotta. We we're gonna do a separate Clipper fan. Uh, Clipper uh, bashing for sure though. We didn't forget. Yeah, we didn't forget. We didn't forget. I'm Never. still. I still watch the way off P highlights. That's always a funny fun time for me. All right. Um, yeah, man, uh, nothing much here, school and shit. Um, uh, I also, uh, have my 21st birthday just passed in October. Um, you know, the, uh, 
you know, you know, we had a link. We had a link. We had a link safely. But, uh, that's that's where uh, that's where the do say demolisher, uh, aka, came from. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, if y'all follow me on Twitter, y'all see the picture where I, where I knocked out right there. Um, oh it was God. about it was about 11 p.m. We had only been uh, drinking for a couple hours. And I knocked out before everyone else at my old birthday party. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely demolished that Duce, and then the Duce demolished me back. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, that's been about it, man. Uh, it's been tough because pandemic, and you know, election season. A little stressful, but you know, we we gonna get into that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. it for me. Yeah, man, we're gonna definitely get into this election. Uh, we're just gonna talk about really the, the only thing we're gonna talk about is the election because that's really been in my mind for the last four or five days now. So basically, as if you if you didn't know already, Biden won. Forty uh, six president is here. Uh, you guys, any have any thoughts, analysis on the election? What did you see? What did you not like? To start, um, <laughs> we were all super stressed. We were super stressed, anxious to get uh, Trump out, even if that meant having uh, Biden take that seat. Um, man, those results, though. We waited patiently for every state to get their vote in. And uh, just side note, fuck the Electoral College. We only need the popular vote. That's what got Biden elected. And... Those votes were too close to call. The way too many states are 50%, 49%. Like, he got more minority votes this year, too. Trump got more minority votes this year. Really surprising and disheartening because I don't think they've watched the same TV we have been watching, so. especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say about it. Yeah. Uh, man, this whole election was a trip for me. Um, because you know, I want I want to Trump out for sure. That's that's number one for me. Just getting Trump out, and then so I voted, but I knew that Biden just was for me. Biden just wasn't the top choice for me. So I went ahead and you know went third party. I voted for the uh, Socialist Party. Uh, her name was Gloria Lariva, and um, I mean I live in California, so I have the the privilege of doing that. So. You couldn't tell me shit about you know third party voting because we live in a blue safe state. So I went and went blue party. I mean, I voted you know locally, you know mayor, school board, treasury. Um, I went ahead and did the props, obviously. Um, no one twenty two failed. I think it didn't pass. So that which was one was twenty two again? The Uber one. Uber. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was affirmative like, action didn't pass either. That was very sad. That's yeah. the biggest loss right there. Yeah, that's our biggest loss. No, but for me, for me, this is how I went about it. I called so so we saw like the first day what Michigan and Wisconsin were red. So I was worried because I was like, damn, he might actually take this one. And then I woke up the next day, and it's and it was blue. So I'm like, okay, once if they call Wisconsin and Michigan, then it's wraps. That's how I saw it. If you get those two, then you're good. So literally, I think what, November 4th, I already called it. Like, so in my head, Biden won. So everyone in the house is like, still like, ooh, I don't know. And I'm here on a Trump pack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm already on a Trump pack. Like I tweeted like, yo, I got a guy in Nevada. He said that Biden won Nevada. <laughs> so, <laughs> my, 
everybody was asking me like yo like what are you doing like da, 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 like how do you know <laughs> but like <laughs> wait wait they actually yeah. took you seriously feel lip seal yeah people some people took me serious uh there was a person that took me seriously and he was like yo like like what the and no but no the thing is though it's true actually my friend has someone this is a true thing i tweeted uh my friend oh. has, uh my mom's friend has a coworker, and that coworker has someone that's counting votes in nevada and basically what happened was they told it went back to my mom saying hey nevada's already been counted they're just there to just you know dump the votes and count them mm. i mean to uh to upload you know to update the score so for me i'm like oh if i'm if i if we got connections in nevada <laughs> yeah we're good money so yeah really so when i tweeted that it was it was a joke but also at the same time it was a real thing you know um so i just wanted to tweet that and then people were like yo what the fuck is going on <laughs> so um yeah so trump i mean trump lost um and for me when i saw the uh you know how close it was 70 70 million people voted for trump i took that as yeah, people voted for Trump, but then at the same time, you have to look at who ran as a Democrat, and that was Joe Biden. So you can see right. Joe Biden, he's not, people saw him as a person that's not going to deliver materially. So people were like, well, screw it. We're just going to go stick with Trump anyway. Because um, right. I never, yeah, I never really, I didn't like the argument, well, Trump's racist. That's why he got 70. 70. Well, no, you have to look at Biden, right? Can you guys hear me? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's how I took it. Um, I I still hardly believe if Bernie won, it would be a much like the election would have been over the same day, on Tuesday. It would have been over. Like I think he would have got Ohio and Iowa. So yeah. that's my take. Um, I don't know any other takes I have. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like, oh, also, I didn't like uh, how people reacted. <laughs> Some people reacted. I, was, I don't know if you saw CNN with uh, Van Jones. The, the oh, yeah, yeah. I was crying. Like, there was crying for Trump getting out. That's one thing. But then also having this thing of like, oh, this is going to be better because now, like he said, Muslims don't have to worry anymore. Or just like, well, Muslims abroad don't really have that, <laughs> that same you know, grace as maybe Muslims here. And even, you can even argue Muslims here in America. I don't think they, I don't think much has changed, no? No, a lot has changed for sure. I'm sorry, um, but it's, that was the only valid point I think I could take away from what he said okay. was because, um, okay, so from 2015, because y'all know my research project is on Muslims. Shit. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, you can talk about so that. So 2015, um, 2015 was the highest reported Muslim hate incidents Ever, mm. more than oh. the year of 9-11 so and that was like mainly because of trump um mm -hmm. so and i think every year after that has been around uh 2001's numbers um but yeah so like under obama um the muslim hate crimes went way down um mm -hmm. i i think that hate rhetoric was still there for sure mm -hmm. um but in terms of like something tangible uh, mm -hmm. i mean we we all know this like trump excites um white supremacy it, right. it's always been there but he, he just brings it out even more um mm -hmm. so that i think really that was the only valid point that um that what was his name again uh van jones, van jones? yeah that, i think that was the only valid point that he made i watched a couple of seconds and i was like this is fucking corny and so i turned it off 
<laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I then want- you also made a good point about like um, for Muslims abroad, nothing is fucking changed because you know, right. Biden's still gonna fight these forever wars with Muslim countries. So like, while it may may have changed for Muslim immigrants here, nothing's changed abroad. We're still gonna fucking treat Muslims terribly. You know, Biden's mm-hmm. known for that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I give, I give ban. Like okay, the Muslim ban may be removed. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. But yeah, just abroad. I think my main point is like more like abroad. It's like yeah, I don't know if they have that same. They have that same, you know, feeling yeah. of safety. Like there's always that joke of like, yeah, this time. Oh, they, oh, we got a new president, so this time is gonna be dropped by like a woman. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> gonna be exactly. bombed by a woman this time. Or yeah. gonna be bombed by a black man. It's oh, it's it's all better now. It's like oh, <laughs> that 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 same kind of joke. Like oh, Kamala's gonna drop bombs on us this time. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen jokes like yeah, like Libya. Like it's a picture of like Libyan men. I think and it's like these people just standing around waiting who's gonna uh, take over and start bombing them next. It's like damn, it's so sad. But <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Um, I don't know if I have any other takes. Um, yeah, I just. I had to stay away from the celebration. I couldn't even watch the speech, the Biden, and I, I couldn't stick around for that. So, but yeah, that's enough on my, that's my take and my analysis on whatever's been going on. Yeah. I think uh, my main takeaway um, was just that Biden didn't win this race. It's Trump lost this race, you know, because um, there, uh, we've talked about this before, but Biden has nothing redeemable about himself. Nothing about Biden excites people to go vote. It's literally just the fear of Trump. Um, I, I honestly think any other election cycle, even though the DNC has crazy amounts of power, they would have supported Biden anyways. I think Bernie mm-hmm. could have beat through it any other against anybody else um, if Trump wasn't on the Republican side. Like say if uh, Mitt Romney was the incumbent or some, or like a you know like a John McCain Republican or some shit like that. If it wasn't a right-wing populist um, at the helm of the Republican Party, Joe Biden would not have won the primary for the for the Democratic side because the only thing that drives people to vote for him is because he's a familiar face and people think that he's safe. Um, that's really the only thing. I don't see any other reason that people have to vote for Biden um, except for like, oh, he's not a socialist, but people call him a socialist anyways, so whatever. <laughs> Um, all the same attacks that um, that they used on Biden, they used on Bernie as well. Everything that they said, like the reasons why they shouldn't run Bernie, um, Trump attacked Biden in the same way. So it's it's ridiculous. The uh, the arguments don't stand up. Um, and another takeaway that I had was um, so I saw this infographic. Um, I think it was Democratic Socialists of America posted it, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was charting. Um, Medicare for all um, and like how uh, Democrats voted on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all the Democrats that um, that wanted Medicare for all that campaigned on Medicare for all won all the wanted districts, even if they were in a red district. That's insane. The polling numbers were like plus six for Republicans and a lot of them and Democrats still won because of Medicare for all. Whereas the Democrats that didn't run on Medicare for all almost all of them lost, if not all of them. Um, I'd have to back check that or something, but I'm pretty sure all of them lost. And that's insane to hear. Like you see, uh, what was the old boy's name? Um, Ed Markey or whatever. Like mm. he ran against uh, the Kennedy, uh, the dude the in the Kennedy, Kennedy family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Kennedy was running on Citrus platform and Markey wasn't really that popular, but he adopted popular platforms, even though I, he was an imp, unpopular incumbent and that's why Kennedy ran. Um, but he adopted popular platforms like Medicare for all and Green New Deal and he won in a landslide. So like, if that's not a sign that progressivism works and I don't know what it's like, and then even in Florida, so Florida, um, the federal minimum wage passed with 70% plus approval. Um, I believe uh, it might've been high sixties maybe, mm-hmm. um, but Biden distanced himself from that in his campaigning in Florida. So Biden lost Florida by a large margin, even though uh, the $15 minimum wage passed by a large margin. So, and like people think of like, um, people think of like Florida as being like anti-socialist or like super hard capitalist because there's a large Cuban population there, right? Mm-hmm. But this same Cuban population voted for the $15 minimum wage. They just didn't vote for Biden because he distanced himself from that. Progressive values win. People hear free healthcare, they hear raising wages and you might see some people like hating on it, but for the most part, a lot of people agree on it. Um, and so I think it's just while in the numbers, it doesn't seem like a win for progressives um, because, you know, the Senate and um, House, like the numbers weren't too great um, for Democrats all around. And like we, we didn't secure the majority that we should have easily secured on both ends. Um I do think it's hopeful for progressives within the Democratic Party. Um, and like people should take this as a sign that they should run on more progressive platforms. That's that was just my whole takeaway. And then also Georgia turning turning yeah. blue was huge. Yeah. So shout out Georgia. I did I saw a tweet from a person from Atlanta. Um, and he's noticed that he actually predicted it from the get-go, like way before, like back in like April or mm. Back in early 20, 2020, he was like, Georgia's gonna go blue. And he showed like it's been, I don't I don't remember how I don't remember how he explained it, but basically he showed like a gif of this map of Georgia from 2010 until now. It's been slowly progressing towards blue. Mm. Um I forget why. I wanna say it's more POC in that area, more black people in that area, but I'm not too sure. I didn't do my research to it, but basically I think that's what he's basically arguing, like it's been turning blue for like a decade now. And we can also think, you know, people like Stacey Abrams and people, local organizers that went out there and tried to get people to vote. Uh, I think even like LeBron's, was LeBron's like nationwide or just LA? I I think his was nationwide. Nationwide, yeah. So, um, yeah, so shout out to Stacey Abrams in Georgia. That was was pretty huge. I didn't expect them to win, to be honest, (laughs) Uh, to win blue, so. Yeah, the craziest part about Georgia is like, um, if you look at their districts and shit, like the the maps that you're that they were showing, like the more detailed ones, mm-hmm. it was like ninety nine percent of, or like not ninety nine percent, but a large majority of the districts were uh, were red, and it was only like two or three districts that were blue. Those two or three districts carried them to the to a blue win by like two or three percent is what they're projecting now, um, which is fucking huge. Two or three districts voted so heavily Democratic. And so it, it goes to make you wonder, like, Republicans really have such a control on districting. It's insane because, like, all those districts are a congressperson, are a Republican congressperson. Um, and there's only, like, three Democratic congresspeople from, uh, from Georgia. That's ridiculous, um, considering that they actually won, like, Democrats are going to win in Georgia. So, like, how, how does that work, you know? Like, 
it goes into a whole argument of like people versus space like sure republicans might take up more space in georgia but because of this and because of distressing um that shows up more but the population overwhelmingly votes democratic so yeah it's sad to see that just goes to show that like grassroots movement works and that's what that's what we've been missing so far in these last last few elections stacy adams and her crew have been doing the majority of the groundwork and that's what needs to happen in these swing states so we don't have to fear them anymore i mean the, com the conversation was constantly always oh, pennsylvania turn red or blue pennsylvania turn red or blue then we see wisconsin michigan turn blue at the very last second and if there were grass movements there a grassroots movements there in the first place working to build those relationships and gain those that voter turnout we would see more blue states and we see more progressive action and that should be the future right now and happy we see that this year um also um so what i'm saying so the guy from atlanta i just saw shout out to his name is uh flyout chase at flyout chase on twitter um he basically said like yeah the hawks coach lloyd pierce He's the chair of the uh, NBA's Racial Justice Committee, and uh, he was the one that pushed Fulton County Board of Registration Elections to get 40,000 people to vote at the State Farm Arena for the Hawks mm. play. But, um, but national media claimed that LeBron did all that when really it was the Hawks coach. Um, so <laughs> sucks to see LeBron get credit on that one. Um, I wish yeah. Boyd Pierce's name was a bit more out there. I mean, 40,000 people voting at State Farm, that's pretty huge. And he was the one that that's pushed huge. that. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, shout out Lloyd Pierce. You may not know get the love nationally, but you get it from Sixth Sense. So, <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else can we talk about via election? I was looking at the uh, some of the people's reaction. We talked about Van Jones already, but there were some people that, like, you know, talk about that back to normalcy, you know? We can talk about that for a minute. Um, I saw it on Twitter. I think one of the worst tweets I saw was like, they put up a video every time a Republican loses, I don't know why, but they will put up a McCain concession speech <laughs> to show like, this is what we want for Republicans. So it's like, it'll say, this is the difference between a Trump supporter or a Trump politician and a sane Republican when it really absolves them from what they do in a policy standpoint, you know? Um, so that was my critique. I was just saying like on Twitter, I, was, I responded to this person. It, the guy went viral, but also he can see my tweet, but I was just saying like, yo, I quoted it and said like, yo, like there's no such thing as a same Republican, you know? McCain was the one that was really pro-war. I believe he even was against MLK's uh, holiday uh, designation. Oh, wow. I think he, I think he voted against it, so. I don't know how you could say like there's a same Republican. I don't I don't believe that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, any more takes or are we going into policy now? Um man. I don't, don't trust polls. Huh? Oh, don't trust the polls. We're going to it like good. We were hoping that we're gonna Biden was like a landslide over Trump. And we clearly saw it was neck and neck for a long time. And they pulled up, but then it was way too close to call for too long. I, I personally can't remember the uh, Obama-McCain or Obama, or Obama versus Romney campaigns lasting till like the end of the week. We always knew by like the end of the day or the morning after. 
<laughs> that just shows that mail-in voting is important and don't trust the damn polls because year in, year out, we keep thinking that they're going to work and once again, voters prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mail-in votes. Yeah, mail-in votes are key, dude. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, Trump was the one that was like, a was telling his base, don't vote by mail. And then yeah. once the mail-in ballots come in, it's pretty much damn near all Dem- Democrat Party votes. Yeah. And he turns around acting surprised, like, oh, my God, how could it be so provided? When it's like you told your base not to go vote via mail. You went, you told them all to go, go in person. So. You know, you know, um, as much as I hate Trump, I do low-key feel like that was calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, I think at a certain point he knew he was going to lose uh, because the polls showed it. Like, of course, don't trust the polls, but like by the margin that they were showing that Biden was going to win. Like, I remember there was something from 538, like a couple months before the election saying that. Biden had a 93% chance of winning the election. Not not in polls, but like 93% chance. Um, and so I think Trump kind of accepted that he might have lose. And so he started that that anti-mail-in ballot rhetoric uh, for so long with the hopes that it would be, you know, largely democratic and that he could, you know, go against it. And that's what he did this time, I, I feel like. Um, and it just resulted in a failed coup. <laughs> <laughs> do a coup on the u.s as if he's not already president which is interesting that was really interesting to me because trump tried to do in the u.s what the u.s does to everyone else in this in central america which is uh a little wild to see <laughs> yeah and uh actually really funny to see um i should have mentioned this earlier but um some countries in africa recently had their own elections and a president in guinea was uh reappointed a new Supreme Court so he could run for a third term over the term limit and already declared victory. Both candidates declared victory and uh, hearing my mom speak about it, it made me think like Trump's going to try something similar. So um, it's interesting to see Trump do that to his own country and fail. And it's, um, hope he doesn't run again. So, yeah. Well, oh, I got, I got a question for y'all. Um, mm. So what do you think this means for the Republican Party? Because I've heard some takes, uh, so from like Kyle Kalinske, um, he had a take that Republicans might just like split down in half, like have the, um, you know, the more, the crazy Republicans like Trump and McConnell, um, and then like the, the sane Republicans or like the people that they try to market as sane, like uh, like the Mitt Romneys and um, what's his name, Paul Ryan. I know they're, they're not really serving in um, politics right now, but those are the ones that come to mind when I think of like a sane Republican. Um, so he was kind of predicting that the, that the party will split down in half and be kind of fractured. But I don't know. I, I, I personally think that they're going to stick to Trump's ways because they saw that as like a recipe for success. I think, I think uh, like in rhetoric, and like, especially with Mitch McConnell, since he's involved in like the House stuff and the Senate stuff, so it's going to be a lot more political theater with Mitch. So I think with Mitch, rhetoric, rhetoric-wise, you might see a lot more like Trumpian politics. I mean, because me, I mean, for me, like, I go on policy at the end of the day, so they're all going to vote the same, right? So that's how I see it. But I can definitely see how someone one can say like, yeah, Mitch might be on like the crazier side, because now I'm seeing like just now, he did like. What was it? He denied Biden's uh, election win. I don't know if you guys heard about that. 
Right. He, he came out today, this afternoon, denying Biden's uh, election win on the on the floor. So wow. I think rhetoric-wise, you may see like, yeah, I think the party may be split down too. But but when it comes to again, me going back to policy, I feel like they're going to be more the same. You know what I mean? Because because to me, if I when if I hear someone say, well, they're going to be split down, like if they're going to split in two. The Republic one side of the Republican Party is going to be more left-ish and then one side going to be conservative but i don't see it that way so that's my take right yeah i was just thinking in terms of like um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know presentability yeah i think i think they'll have some work to do in terms of like uh fixing their image i'm not sure because many republicans already came out in support to I guess, denounced Donald Trump's um, saying that he won the election. Uh, I saw Rick Santorum on CNN talk about how these claims are false. Chris Christie was uh, uh, denouncing him, uh, trying to claim election as his. So I, I can see that they have um, that they have gotten tired of Trump's problems and um, they will I think they vote the same, but I think that they do have some more to rebuilding their image. And Trump has been able to motivate motiv like mobilize the voter base for them to vote in millions and break records this, this year. So um he has been a champion, but I feel like they will need to change. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we on to policy now then? Yeah, we can talk about policy. Okay. So, oh wait 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 no 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 wait 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 we gotta do a little shout out shout out to Mikio and oh right right oh I, forgot, I don't know her name but her name is two chains on Twitter oh uh, Teresa 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 that's her name yeah shout out to the man they uh, so what happened was on election day or maybe the day after I don't remember what happened was um so you know two what's her name Teresa Teresa yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Teresa came out was basically like anti like, no, cannot well, just more like she was very sympathetic towards like the third party voters and non not in the non voting non voting base right, so she was basically defending their right to just stand back and not vote or just vote their party, and you know and another white girl came in her mentions was like oh, um, what was it she basically was like you you have to like vote. Blah, she blah, said blah. your privilege is showing your, your privilege is showing and all that and then uh was it, teresa said what shut up you're white no no not someone else she said that to someone else someone, someone else yeah yeah she said that to else? some dude yeah yeah I was a dude. All right. hold on let me, let me pull up the let me pull up yeah, pull, yeah. <laughs> all of those exchanges are funny as hell bro yeah all of them are Okay, I got it. I'm gonna send it to y'all. Um, all right, bet, bet, bet. All right, so oh, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah, so basically, Teresa said shaming people for not voting today isn't as progressive as you guys think. Um, to which um, this girl named Catherine, white girl, um, 
I'm assuming she's white. If she's not, then she's white passing, which is basically the same thing in this context. <laughs> um, <laughs> she said, you are privilege is showing, first off. You're, you are privilege is showing. Oh, he did use the wrong URL. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel shamed into voting, that's because you should feel shame. Ignoring what's happening right now in front of us and still deciding not to vote is the most ignorant thing you can do. Vote. In all caps, wow. vote. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, to assume that someone has privilege for um, for not voting is just obscene. Um, like, I'm not going to speak for Teresa, but like, just people use that as such a blanket statement um, to say that someone is privileged. Like, for example, like people will say that someone is privileged uh, for not voting when most of the people not voting that I've seen at least are Black folks and survivors. Um, so in those two contexts, um, survivors, you're going to tell a survivor that you should ignore your trauma and vote for um, an abuser. Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, or you're going to tell a black person that they shouldn't be disillusioned by a system that's, uh, that's where both parties have significantly held them back and not given them proper reparations for years upon years. Um, that's ridiculous. So like, where the fuck is your argument? Like you're gonna say, okay, okay, you're gonna tell a black person to vote um, for everyone else, right? And that would make sense if it was the case that black people had a party that that like had their best interests in mind at all, like ever. So yeah, that was just ridiculous to me. But yeah, you could carry on with uh, with with uh, Mikio and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that yeah, that was Catherine, whatever her name. Yeah, I don't know Catherine. <laughs> but you know, and, you know Teresa, she, she's been at it all day uh, on election day and uh one of them she told you know, like shut up you're white and that was like i was like man she's been on it today bro like she has she had time that day and then there's mikio um as well mikio caught this caught this girl in uh, 4k basically uh, let me see if I can find it. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, same person responding to Catherine. So uh, Mikio quote tweeted uh, Catherine, the same tweet that uh, Ren just just uh, just recited and had all these screenshots of Catherine saying the N-word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> caught her in 4K, basically. <laughs> that, I mean, that was just probably the funniest time I had. The fun, one of the funnest times I had on on the timeline for sure. Here, I just I just sent a, I just sent it in the chat to make you a sweet. Um, like, yeah, please shut your white mouth. This is exactly what she said. And this is to a white person. So yeah, to a white person, to a white guy. What? Check the OTF chat with make you a sweet. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. okay. Yeah, make you hit it with the this you. <laughs> defeated bar by the way what those does does someone want to recite uh what the screenshot said for the audience that is uh unable to see yeah uh catherine kid uh said i'm a ratchet nigga hashtag yolo, <laughs> hashtag yolo. june 8th 2012 uh another one nah nigga your advice went all wrong another one so if didn't know now you know nigga <laughs> it was so forced. It was so forced every single time. 
Oh, and then, you know, she came back with an apology, like, yo, that was 2012 me. I'm still embarrassed by it. Uh, I've always been vocal about mistakes and that. I would never be that present today. This was when I was also ignorant. That was your purpose of showing these tweets. I don't use that language anymore. And then Mikio ends it with, I don't care, heart emoji. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, man, that had me weak. I don't care the heart emoji. And then uh homegirl homegirl said uh told Teresa uh, don't talk about performative activism because Teresa was like um limiting your civic engagement to uh, a few Instagram story posts performative activism just talking about like the the mannerisms of vote shamers. Um I'm assuming that Catherine is the same way. Um so she said, girl, do not talk about performative activism when you ask me to sign your volunteer hours. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I don't know what that. Why? Know. That shit did not make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Catherine was just looking like a fucking fool on the timeline for everybody to see. So that was hilarious. Oh. <laughs> Man. It's, it's really beautiful whenever Ivy Twitter gets together to to, to make fun of these vote shamers. I've seen uh, Mikio, yeah. I've seen Mikio do it. I've seen that, uh, what's your name? Low Breezy Vert or whatever. Uh, I've seen them do it. I've seen um, Mikey do it a few times. It's always fun. It's always entertaining. <laughs> this is why, and this is exactly why I don't follow anybody that I know. I, I quit that, like, especially on Twitter. Instagram is a little different because it's all about like, it's, it's the highlight reel, right? So you right. want people seeing your shit. But Twitter, you know, I know people get argumentative, especially with SB people. So I follow only the people that I know that I talk to, you know, or would like to talk to, you know. Like, uh, like Teresa, I've never met Teresa, but I followed her because I was like, oh, like she seems like a cool person, just off her tweets. Right. So this is like this is exactly why, because I don't want people in my mentions, because you know my tweets are pretty out there, so I don't want people in my mentions like, oh, what the hell is wrong with you? That are like, <laughs> and. Obviously, you didn't do the reading, so I'm not even going to talk to you. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we can move on to the next uh, next topic at hand. We can talk about Biden's plans and whatnot. For so, sure. Policies, then? Yeah. Who, wanna goes, who wants to go first? I can go first. Um, I bet. So, I chose to talk about what, the COVID-19 response. Um. So this is what we're going to be expecting from the Biden administration. Uh, three big topics, three big things he, uh, he really expressed was listen to science, number one. Number two, ensure public health decisions are informed by public health professionals. And then the third one is restore trust, transparency, common purpose, and accountability to our government. Um, I tried to look through exactly where the stimulus package is going to come from um i think rank can get any specifics of that you guys can all add in i'm just i'm not gonna i don't want to ramble on but basically from what i saw on the COVID 19 page i typed in uh that feed you know you got the google feature where you can just find words so i yeah. typed in like stimulus uh that didn't come up at all on the page no uh i typed in relief uh it came up twice but it I mean, you talked about relief funds getting to like small businesses, but nothing really about just going to the people, you know, overall. Um, so, I mean, it's really disappointing. 
on that end. But I mean, listen, because listen to science is very um, low bar. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, literally his first thing, his first big point was listen to science. You know, like, it, and I saw Congrats. someone on Twitter was like, did you guys have like tears of relief when you saw this? And you had the listen to science circle. And everybody was like, bro, <laughs> like how Good easy impressed are you? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So easy to impress. Like, where is the bar at? The bar is below the floor at this point. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was just so sad. And um, I can talk a little bit more specifically. So let's see. There oh, wait. Some- uh- there's a seven point plan to beat COVID-19 and get us on track, right? So he's talking about fixing our, fixing Trump's testing and uh, tracing fiasco. So what entails, uh, what that what that entails is what, double the n- number of drive-through testing sites. Um, I'm always for that, always, you know, better testing, more testing, that's great. Um, he also talked about uh, free testing. That's always been a, that's been a big thing of his. Um, you know, the thing about it is I haven't really seen anything about, what was I going to say? Oh, this is the one. This is the one I was really worried about. Rebuild and expand the defenses that Trump has dismantled to predict, prevent, and mitigate pandemic threats, including those coming from China. Why did you have to single out China? Uh, I have no idea. I think, that's no, no. I think I think what he was trying to say is that Trump like shut shit down from China, like uh, like Trump wasn't allowing us to get masks from China. That was my understanding of that. So Biden was saying that he's allowing us to do deals with China because they have a surplus of masks. And so like we get masks from China. Okay. That was my understanding, unless I read that shit wrong. Let me see, expand the number of CDC deployed. So we have eyes on you, including the... Yeah, okay, I can see that. Because my thing was like, because from what I was seeing from Twitter, it's like, yo, you're basically thinking like China, you're basically following that same like uh, mm. rhetoric, whereas like China was the one with the with the pandemic that started it, even though it was discovered in Europe. Yeah. yeah. So that was, so that's how I came. I was like, oh, like you still, you kind of believe that it started from there, kind of making that out to the enemy. So my thing was like, why would you think about China? So if you, if that's true, then Ren, that's, that's. I, I think it was just that. really bad wording, honestly. Yeah, it was bad wording because I'm like, why would you? Yeah, like... what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then also implement mask mandates um, nationwide by working with governors and mayors and by asking the American people to do what they do best, step up in a time of crisis. Look, I applaud a uh, mask mandate, right? That's that's great, but then again, this is America. I don't know. I need to see how he implements this. He said every governor has to make it mandatory in their state, um, and then local authorities have to make it also mandatory. Um, but I just don't know how that's going to be like implemented or enforced. Um, I mean, it's America. It's it's a very individualistic country. Everyone's out for themselves. So, um, and this is why. And again, he hasn't even talked about free healthcare. So how can you expect people to follow and do things for the common good if you can't even provide free healthcare? And he talks, I mean, he talks about free testing, but I mean, there's only so much a local government can do, you know? Right. So 
Uh, overall, I give this grade. Uh, you don't do grades. This is just my personal thing. I give it a. <laughs> I give it a. I want to give it a C. C. C oh, uh, just to expand, because I know you brought up earlier about like the stimulus package. Uh -huh. So he's not offering a stimulus package. I like went through every single page that I could. I couldn't find anything about a stimulus package. But what I did find is um, something about employment insurance. So right now it's unemployment insurance and he wants to rebrand it. Um, I thought that was kind of corny. Um, <laughs> but the plan, basically what it is, is um, he wants to expand what unemployment insurance is right now and even upscale it. Um, so like y'all know y'all i don't know if y'all remember like the 600 dollars a week that people were getting on top of their normal unemployment wages um so he said he wants to scale it up so i'm guessing more than 600 which would be bigger which would after two weeks that would be bigger than trump's stimulus by itself um so while it's not a stimulus um while it's not helping people that are still working um it is going to help people that are unemployed because of covid um I, it'd just be interesting to see if he actually passes that uh, because we, we we more than likely are going to have a, a Senate uh, Republican majority, if not even. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the Republicans are going to be willing to cooperate on that. But that goes for any of his policies, really. Okay. Um, another way that Biden will be in the public eye will be how he interacts with abroad, and one way that. Uh, he can score some points is by rejoining the World Health Organization and the Paris Agreement. And Trump made a big mistake by leaving the World Health Organization because U.S. really contributes a lot to, um, or really U.S. Really contributes a lot to helping with uh, virus eradication. And um, with the WHO's help, they've helped to like almost eradicate completely uh, um, Ebola and uh, chickenpox. And now that Biden's in office again, he can use uh, that diplomacy to rejoin the organization and that's super helpful for other countries. And another way that Biden will help is, uh, or try to was immigration by allowing uh, more, uh, I can't even speak right now, uh, allowing people to get more visas. And while that might take away more um, skilled workers from work third, third it's not my day today. I'm, uh, <laughs> good. From third world countries, it doesn't allow for them to develop and um, will make it even harder for them to pave the way for success here. And I do want to give him credit on his immigration policy because as long as there's no Muslim ban, uh, Muslims can start to feel safe. But as again, as you mentioned before, it still does not take take into account the Muslims in the East. And Biden has to end this forever war with them as soon as possible, um, especially if he wants to champion Muslims now. And especially since uh, crimes against Muslims have been going up, especially with the, the weird crisis still not resolved, um, that's a big issue that he has to tackle. And um, so, that's what I have for reform policy right now. What was the biggest issue that he has to tackle? You said? Um, I guess. Uh, I think he said the forever wars. Oh, the forever wars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big thing because every time, and people, this is why, because people, it's all about substance, right? Like the media would attack Trump for doing the, for the one good thing 
that he would do, like he would try to say, okay, I'm pulling out troops out of Syria because there's no point, right? And then there's literally be have Democrats that would say, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You have to stay there. What? So like, <laughs> the one good thing, we should actually push this man to actually get these guys out of there. And he was actually willing to do it. But then you guys would come around and say, well, we have to stay there. And that actually, that makes Trump look good. You know what I mean? Because he looks like the same guy. Like, we're all like, well, there's no reason for us to be there. Um, I'm seeing even, even Ilhan Omar, surprisingly, I was looking up some tweets just to see like which Democrats. And I was like, Ilhan Omar was even against like, you know, Syrian troops, US American troops getting out of, out of Syria. And I was just like, I, I don't know why we're doing this. So, um, and now look at Biden. Um, I don't, I haven't looked at his donations, but I can guarantee you there's weapons contractors being fund, funding his campaign. So when you, when he says like, when, uh, when Seiko mentioned like, oh, we're gonna end it forever wars. I don't know how we can trust that knowing he has money funding, getting from the weapons industry. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm afraid that he's not lying. The chances are very slim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially since he has so many promises he wants to, promises he wants to follow through on. He wants to end these wars at the same time. He has constantly flipped back and forth on uh, accepting the Green New Deal. And climate change is going to be a problem that we have to deal with in the next uh, decade. But all their goals are too far to reach and will not be effective in, I guess, uh, preserving our planet if it's not their priority at that point. Wait, I just wanted to bring something up. This is like a, a massive like rewind to the primaries. But do y'all remember when Andrew Yang said uh, he was asked about climate change and they asked him what his solution was and he was like, it's too late. We need to start getting to high ground. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Do y'all remember that? That was just ridiculous. <laughs> that was like the, the weirdest answer I ever heard on a debate stage. Like, just give up on solving it. Like, at least Trump will deny that. Like, he'll try to deny that it's true, right? Andrew Yang is like, oh, it's true. We just have to avoid it by getting to high ground. That just sounded like a whole bunch of bullshit to me. Um, <laughs> People have the funniest responses to how they would solve or at least help alleviate the problem of climate change. Like, I remember Ben Shapiro had the funniest one. It's still the funniest one to me. He was like, yeah, the people in Florida that get in their home flooded, right? Well, the people who, uh, their homes are getting flooded in Florida. So what they should do is leave their, is sell their homes. So I'm like, well, who the fuck are you going to sell your home to? It's flooded. For... <laughs> Who's buying that home? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know, bro. <laughs> oh, oh it's so funny. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Anything else on foreign policy? Oh, AFRICOM. The Africa, uh, the military intervention in, uh, in the U.S. that's spearheaded by the U.S. government. I don't think Biden spoke up about that at all. Um, he said strengthening ties with African nations. It's Wait, very do you wanna do you wanna speak on what that is? Because honestly, like I mean, yeah. I I really don't know what what that is. Yeah. So basically, Africom is basically this. Um, it's a full spectrum. I'm re actually reading the uh, uh, the uh, website. Full spectrum combatant uh, command. 
So I was responsible for like the U.S. Department of Defense operations and security operations exercises on the African continent. Um, obviously, that's pretty stupid because like I don't know what, why would you have a military presence on a different continent? That's not even attacking you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> nothing to you. And they do it in the in the name of like aid and like we just want to keep the peace. Yeah. But there's nothing peaceful about that. Um, they're built. That's a waste of money as well. Uh, they're building infrastructure, military infrastructure in these African continents. None of that money is going to go back and is not, is not invested in the community here in America that we desperately need, uh, you know? So that's basically what AFRICOM is. It's just uh, military intervention, uh, widespread. It's in the West and uh, East, uh, East and North as well. I don't know about South. Mm. Um, yep. Um, it became fully operational under Obama back in 2008. So Obama, I don't know what, mm. I don't know. Mm. Oh, no, October, that's, oh, that's Bush, I guess, because November 20, 2008, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess Bush. But then Obama Bush. didn't do anything to stop any of that stuff, so. Right. <sighs> Frustrating. <laughs> yeah. There was also that point saw on foreign policy where it was like um like make strengthen uh, strengthen ties with central america which really just means um like send more americans to central america you know maybe plan another coup or two um you know y'all know how american imperialism works they just gonna they just send people there so that they can plan new coups um and strengthen the world power <laughs> so yeah it was, on foreign on the foreign policy side it really doesn't seem any different from trump or any other president so. yeah i mean he talks about the iran deal but oh yeah yeah that's huge actually yeah he did talk about the iran deal that was a big that's probably his probably one of the better things mm -hmm. about but other than that it's same old same old yeah so uh i think I'm gonna get into my policies then. So um, I want to talk about like gun policy. Um, so I kind of honestly, I'm not gonna act like I'm a huge gun expert. Um, <laughs> I'm really not. But uh, I thought his gun policy was really interesting, just because. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people would be satisfied with it. Um, because th there's enough discretion um, within it. So like, the, the buyback um, plan. So he wants to uh, institute like a, an assault weapon buyback program. Um, it's not mandatory. So people don't have to give up their guns or whatever, like Republicans don't have to worry about Democrats stealing their guns. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, so they'll get to keep their guns if they want, um, but the, the government will be willing to buy um, the guns back at a, at a pretty, at a pretty good rate. Um, and the alternative, if you don't uh, sell your gun back, you have to get it registered. Um, so he had another thing where it's like, um, you have to check in like once a year or so um, to, to prove that you still have your gun. Um, because what happens in a lot of cases is like, someone will buy a gun and then sell it for a higher price to someone that, that probably shouldn't have a gun that has like a, a violent criminal record or, you know, has mental health problems. Um, we've seen that in a couple of cases of like school shootings and shit. Um, and then that person will never report the gun is stolen. So this is kind of stopping that loophole. 
um, where you like at least once a year you have to check back in with, with your gun and prove that you still have it and that it's not stolen or um, or that you didn't you know sell it to someone without letting people know. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty important. Um, he's banning new assault weapons from being sold, um, which I don't really have a problem with because um, there's already so many assault weapons on the streets that you can get an AR in Bakersfield um, however you want, you know, like, <laughs> so it's, it's really not too hard to find an assault weapon um, anywhere in the U.S., um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's too restrictive, but I think there's enough um, there's enough oversight to, to prevent at least mass shootings, like things that we know have caused mass shootings. He's also has this like um, corporate accountability thing where it's like um, he'll hold like big, uh, big gun companies accountable if like um, they're breaking rules or something or like trying to edge edge on rules. Um, but like say if like their guns are being used a lot in mass shootings, um, they'll be held accountable for that. Um, and like, yeah. So I thought that that um, even like radical leftists um, would like, I, I wouldn't call myself a radical because I, I know that I still have to decolonize myself a, a fair bit. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm more towards the left um, and um, I'm happy with it. Uh, I think we talked about it earlier. I don't think any of us have like a direct problem with it. But um, again, I don't think any of us are like gun experts. So it'd be kind of hard to find a direct issue that we have with it. Um, and um, I don't see Republicans being too upset with this. Like, I don't I don't see why they would be against like registering their gun or checking it with their gun once a year. Uh, and their guns aren't being taken away from them. At the most, they can't buy assault weapons, but most people are buying guns secondhand anyways um, mm -hmm. because it's usually cheaper that way or you can find something better that way. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of just my little spiel on gun policy. Um, yeah, I think that that was one of his few policy stances that I feel like was actually good, like solid all around. And then also what I really liked was um, his bankruptcy uh, policy. So... This was one thing I really liked about Elizabeth Warren when I was when I was potentially gonna vote for Elizabeth Warren oh. in the primary before y'all switched me over, thank God. <laughs> um, was her bankruptcy policy. So basically what it what it does is it allows um, or it stops larger corporations from being able to abuse um, bankruptcy. So like what Trump has filed through bankruptcy like nine times or some shit. He's had like nine failing businesses over the course of his life. So um, yeah, so a lot of billionaires will just fall for bankruptcy and start all over again because they have money hidden in countries overseas and shit money that the government can't see. Um, so they usually get away with bankruptcy like completely unscathed, whereas uh, for low-income people, bankruptcy is hasn't really been an option, even though it was meant to you know help everyone um, in the first place. So like. Um, like, so if someone with a lower income was to file for bankruptcy or even middle class or whatever, um, they would see, seize all your assets. So like your car, your house and stuff like that. Um, so Biden has his plan, uh, which is just Elizabeth Warren's plan rebranded, um, is to let lower income people um, keep their houses, keep their cars uh, and file bankruptcy a lot easier, make the process a lot easier so that they at least have some stable ground um, to operate from. Because like, imagine filing for your bankruptcy because you're in debt 
and the government takes everything away from you and says to start over. Like what, the, what, what do they expect to happen? You're just going to get in more debt. Um, or you're going to be on the streets and have no debt, but like, what's, that's fucking awful. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So Biden's plan is just basically at least letting you have the few necessities that you need um, and file for bankruptcy and clear your debts. Um, so I thought that that was a really good policy. Um, hopefully he's able to implement it. Um, I mean, Elizabeth Warren has had some success stories with like being able to pass uh, some progressive legislation in the past, um, even despite like Republican majority. So I'm hoping that um, this can be an instance where she's able to help Biden. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, honestly, I don't have much of a take on gun policy. Because um, honestly, me, gun policy is very, like out here, like the radical leftists say like, oh, well, I don't want like guns taken away. Like I'm talking like, these are like, and these are black radicals, not like the white people. They would say like, well, I don't want the guns taken away because of like, you know, revolution type stuff. And I'll hear that, I'll be sympathetic to it. But then it's like, well, if you really want revolution and in in America, I don't know if a violent revolution would work. I mean, I mean that's how it would. That's how it, I don't know how to explain this. I feel like a revolution in America would be damn near impossible with these gun laws. <laughs> so I don't know how you go about it. I feel like see, like, I don't think I don't think it's the gun laws that um, that are limiting revolution. I think. So I think even our current gun laws can allow for revolution at a small scale until the military steps in. I think it's really our military being as strong as it is. Because yeah. no matter how good our gun laws is, a gun is going to be the fucking drone. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, because drones mm -hmm. can, like, have targeted attacks. A, a violent revolution, I think it could work on a very small scale, like overthrowing a police department. Like, how, yeah, we, how thinking, we saw in like, Minnesota. Like police stations, right? And right, right, right. Yeah, because that's what we saw in Minnesota. You know, people yeah. doing it on a small scale and then like they considered like, right, right. And they considered just like getting rid of police in Minnesota for a while. I don't know if they ever went through with that. I never followed yeah. up with it. Um, probably not though, <laughs> uh, uh, sadly. Like, um, when I saw people like, they, I think someone was threatened, some uh, Midwest politician was like kidnapped. Or something like that. What was it? Was it was like a kidnapping thing going on? Oh wow! Attempted, yeah. Attempted, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, and people were like, "Yo, black, this is what the Black Panther Party was on. Like, like this is what the things was on. Like, you should support." Thanks. And the vast majority is obviously against it. Like, oh my god, how could you like kidnap somebody like this? And so I'm like, maybe that could do a thing. I don't know. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just spitting out here, man. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So gun no, I, interesting. I, I don't know. I can't lie. Yeah, I agree. Like it's um I, I love hearing ideas because there's there's so many ideas of how we can, you know, destroy this institution that is the US and its <laughs> terrible constitution. <laughs> um <laughs> but Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I do think that violence can work on a very small scale, you know, like, like how we were saying, like, kidnapping, <laughs> kidnapping local officials and shit, like, shit, maybe that'll work. But on a large scale, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if Amer the American people, even if all of us got together, I don't think we really stand a chance against drones. 
And like, think about it, like you mentioned, like there's like gun registry, right? That they want to do like a nationwide gun registry. Like, so imagine like you having like these guns, you do a revolution, but it's not like the feds is basically tapped in 24 seven because there's a gun registry, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. So would a black radical, like a Huey Newton or even someone today, would they be co-signing a registry? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's always interesting for sure. Just to wonder. I mean, see, Hmm. obviously he doesn't speak for all black radicals but i i saw uh mikey tweet something about like um get a gun and get uh, get your gun yeah. license and shit so like yeah. <laughs> i mean he he's for licensing yeah licensing goes to the government yeah, yeah um yeah i don't know it, it's a tough situation Oh, man. I think people will try because I remember doing the Black Lives Matter protests. I don't remember the Kenosha shooter. He shot some protests that he brought. He drove across state lines to do. And mm -hmm. if he has the balls to do that and people who were brought uh, automatic guns to protest for coronavirus and uh, and polling stations, like if enough people get together, they, they could do some damage. But and there's also military bases like all over the United States. There's one by UCSB. A bunch of them. Oh, wow. Swear, I've never seen it. Oh wow! Yeah, if you're driving down, um, uh, one or I think it's on down Santa Barbara, you uh -huh. there's there's a launch station and Tesla has launched uh, rockets from there and they're uh -huh. ready to go anywhere. Like, it, I'm most surprised <laughs> at how fast the military is able to mobilize and that yeah. makes it, that, yeah. that always scares me. Like they're yeah, roll out tanks and bring out like troops by the thousands. Like yo. Let me barricade myself somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can talk about the black agenda. You guys can all right. pitch as well. The black American uh, Biden plan for Black America. Um, several points. Uh, basically, overall, um, strengthen America's commit commitment to justice. Um, expand access to high quality education and tackle racial inequity in our education system. Address environmental justice make the right to vote and the right to equal protection for real, make the right to vote and the right to equal protection real for African-Americans, uh, advance economic mobility of African-Americans and close the racial wealth and income gaps. Um, honestly, one of the best ways he can really increase economic mobility is that increase the minimum wage, um, get it to a living wage. That's one way to do it. Um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but there are some things I liked. Um, yeah, he he's very business oriented, so it's a lot of like tax credit, tax credits, and you know, cut tax cuts for small businesses. Um, there's also, but the ones I really really liked was uh, 1.3 trillion dollars going into um, infrastructure, uh, into the communities that need it the most. So, 1.3 trillion. Does not did that, one, did that one say specifically for black communities or was it just overall? It was in the the black American page. So I'd assume okay. for black America, right? So okay, for low income cool. communities, black, you know, Baltimore, Detroit, right, uh, Louisiana, um, communities in Louisiana, things like that. So that was really big. Uh, I liked that one a lot. Um, he also talked about, let's see, I'm scrolling, it's a big, big page. Um looking after African-Americans for, um, in terms of COVID, that was another big thing, reaching out to people that, you know, that wouldn't have as much access as, you know, people like me. I live in a suburban area, 
So I have access to a lot more things than a person than say a guy in the south side of Chicago, right? Mm -hmm, right. So it's a lot of that type that type of uh, policies in there. Um, what else? Also, I liked uh, he mentioned in the uh, for education uh, providing a free universal uh, pre-K for three-year-olds and four-year-olds. This was in the uh, Black America plan, but I'm assuming it's for everybody. Yeah. But this would definitely, definitely help Black people. Um, obviously, when you're a single mom and you're trying to take care of your kid, I mean, last thing you want to do is like pay just to send your kid to a pre-K. Right. You know? Um, so this will definitely be great financially. Uh, we're also seeing uh, student debt uh, African-American student debt, uh, also funding HBCU $70 billion. So he'll be pouring in seven, time. Yeah, $70 billion into HBCUs. Um, so that's, that's pretty huge. Um, I was looking at, what was it? Yeah, so student debt. So specifically student debt, uh, in the co including in the COVID-19 responses, what it says, an immediate cancellation of a minimum of 10K of federal student loan debt. Oh wow! So and that's that's irregardless of how much you make. I would assume so. Just oh wow! That's, this that's this is good. just federal student loan debt, right? Um, also, next point, next bullet point under student debt, he was talking about forgiving all undergrad tuition-related federal student debt from two and four-year public colleges for debt holders earning up to one hundred twenty-five thousand. I don't know if that's like. If you look at a, is it like a couple thing? Like you have like you add the couples together, so it's like you have your mom, you add your mom and your dad's income, and then you make. Is that I don't know how they're calculating all this. It doesn't. It doesn't really say. But like yeah, for me, I like I know my. I'm pretty sure my parents make over 125,000. So mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be even included in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of worries me. I have to look and I have to ask and see how much they make, but hopefully I'm in that. Um, yeah, permitting the discharge of student loans in bankruptcy. So I guess that means like you can file for bankruptcy, right? For student loans. Is that what that means? Uh, <laughs> that's Mari. For those of y'all that don't know, oh my gosh, to, to watch this. Yeah, you are. <laughs> All right, go on, go on. <laughs> but yeah, so he said uh, permitting the discharge of student loans in bankruptcy. So would that mean like, if I'm reading this right, would that mean you can file for bankruptcy? That's huge because that's... student loans are one of those things that like fall that are supposed to follow you for your whole life. So if uh -huh. if you can file for bankruptcy, that or um, that'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen. Let me let me type it in and see. But I haven't seen anything about legalizing marijuana when it comes to like. Uh, that looks like it'll definitely be a state thing, like state thing. Okay. Oregon and Colorado, I'm like leading the charge on that. And it doesn't look like it can like pass nationwide because because I know Nixon. I was looking at Nixon's drug policy, and one of the biggest things he did was he made uh, marijuana illegal like on a federal level, and then he also made it. He designated it. Uh, uh, I forgot the designation, but basically he put it in a category where it's as dangerous as fentanyl. 
Right? Yeah, I think that's class one. Schedule, schedule one. Then. It's called yeah, schedule, schedule one. one. Schedule one. Schedule one, basically, if the government says that this drug is schedule one, it's basically saying that this is not good for health, human consumption, you can't even possess it, all that stuff. And in the government, as of now, if I'm not mistaken, marijuana is as dangerous as fentanyl. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. That's, this is what Nixon did. So that's why I'm like, you should have like, like I know Oregon just passed the, um, they went full in on drugs. They said decriminalize all the drugs. Um, I I think my stance is we should decriminalize all drugs. Um, I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that kids like you heard this argument like oh kids are gonna start doing fentanyl if you make it like legal or something like that and I, I don't subscribe to that because there's gonna be like there's gonna be what's it called regulations that oh you can't sell it you can't sell it to like 18 and below right right like i don't subscribe to the idea that yeah like little kids are going to be attracted to hardline drugs like meth and stuff like that yeah yeah um so hopefully i haven't i typed in marijuana i typed in weed i don't think weed would come up but i tried anyway i think historically historically joe biden has been anti weed um like in yeah. 2008 he was i'm almost everybody was in 2008 um as for now though i think i think i may have heard somewhere or maybe i'm just like thinking of this in my head like i'm making it up but uh as Sekou said i think he wants to leave it up to states yeah because because for me like yeah he could leave it up to states but i, I don't trust the states because not all states are even for like they're not even for decriminalizing weed, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not even the simple stuff. Right. So. Oh, I think we're a long way from decriminalizing all drugs. Like Oregon did yeah, it, but they're still. That's true. It's that's still true. not legal. Like it's decriminalized, but it's still not legal. So like you still have to pay the hundred dollar fine, and then you don't go to jail anymore. But um. Yeah. So so basically, it's like subsidized therapy. So you pay a hundred dollars, and they pay for your therapy, um, your therapy, and like um, what's that shit called? Rehab. So that's huge. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope other countries. I mean, I hope other states like follow their lead. Like, hopefully, California next time around is on the slate for that shit too. But yeah, he he talks about ensuring access to safe drinking water for all communities, and I just you know obviously thinking about Flint. Um, I can only hope that he delivers on that because I know yeah. Flint and also uh, Louisiana also needs it as well. Uh, I know they're hurting water wise and, you know, their pipes haven't, their infrastructure, uh, if you look at their water pipes, has not been upgraded in the last, I think it was 40 years, 40 years, oh, if I'm I, not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not even talking about the, ah, damn. maybe I'm talking about the wrong state here, but I saw a documentary BSU put on like two years ago, we talked, we were looking at Louisiana and their environmental justice and what they're doing and the things that they go through environmentally is crazy, so. Mm. I'd only hope that, um, yeah, One uh, issue that I saw on Biden's plan for Black America was um, housing security, housing protections. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how he's gonna follow through on that with the Harris on his team because she definitely oversaw the um, evictions of many residents here in Oakland and California as like the state prosecutor. Mm -hmm. And usually when you wanna fight that, you go to court and it's hard to fight those. And um, if he can deliver on that housing security uh, legislation, uh, that can be um, a plus for black people. But at the end of the day, it would be very hard to pass. And I don't think he would get the support for that. 
And I'm kind of worried that he promised this and then have people like get their hopes up and then transport him again. And he's not going to follow through. As I said before, he's promised a lot and I'm worried of like how that's for him if he can like manage a second term also. Oh, I don't think he's going for a second term because um, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think he is because I remember him oh, saying okay. something like, um, like he's um, he's running for president so that he can secure it for the Democrats of the future or something like hinting at Buttigieg in 2024. This is kind of old. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't imagine that it'd be Buttigieg. It'd probably be Kamala before Buttigieg. Um, but I really hope neither of them fucking get it and a progressive gets it. But um, yeah, he's going to be what, like 80 something, 80. 82, I think, um, in 2024. Or am I tripping? He's uh, either way, he's going to be well past the. Okay, so he's going to be 81. Yeah, he's going to be past the US life expectancy. So I don't think that's a good <laughs> <laughs> He's already passed it now, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. I, no, I think Kamala's definitely running. Uh, this the the table is set for for Kamala to go in twenty twenty four. Right. Uh, it looks like it looks that way. Um, I don't know if any progressive can run in twenty twenty four, but and I don't even think whoever whichever progressive, maybe they can build their profile in, in, in these next three years. But other than that, I still I think if if uh, if it all goes right, I think Kamala may be our president in four years. Five years. And I say all goes right. I mean for the, the moderate. Right, <laughs> Don't get it twisted. So are we, are we moving on to uh, birds of the week now? Yeah, man, birds of the week. Uh, <laughs> uh I got Rudy Giuliani for mine. Hmm. Uh, um, he's been going on every single news station saying Trump has not lost the election. Trump's gonna sue every state for, uh election fraud he's been like the person in trump's corner who's been advocating for uh to keep pushing for election and votes to be counted even though it's already over and this can only go back for him i don't know how he's going to be employed in washington after this but uh yeah i don't know if you guys saw that press conference he did like a couple days ago apparently they tried to book it at four seasons hotel but it turned out to be like a landscaping company and it was like a hot mess it was hilarious it was the worst venue of all time we were interrupting it it was he looked like a crazy person. It was, it was kind of funny to watch. Oh, wow. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think my bird of the week is uh, is 2 chains. Uh, oh. Oh, on Twitter. Sheesh. I mean, I can't even really have to. Do I blame 2 chains? He probably got offered a fat stack of money to, to perform. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so my bird of the week is anybody that bought um, – that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are different. Um, <laughs> so for <laughs> so for context, uh, Joe Biden performed at a rally. Uh, it was like the last rally or something. He performed. I'm different. Um, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> oh, two chains performed. Two chains performed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he kind of prefaced it. It was like. Um, yeah, like I like supporting people that are, you know, that don't that go against the grain, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that reminds me of Joe Biden, Kamala. They're different. Like, no, motherfucker, they're not. <laughs> they're, they're the yeah, same dude. copy and paste politicians we've had for so long. Um, yeah, that was, that was kind of embarrassing. 
Uh, but hey, he got paid, whatever. But uh, my bird is everybody who believed that they're actually different after that song, if there is anybody. Oh man, my my bird of the week for the last two months. Uh, I want to say uh, there was this video going around. It was this conservative. It was no, not conservative. It was it? Yeah, I think she was a conservative praying. Uh, they were doing that. It was like evangelical Christians, I believe. There, uh, and this she got up on stage and she was praying and praying and praying, and then she was talking about the Trump election. And uh, at this point, Biden already won. So they're in mass praying, right? And she goes up there and goes, yeah, we need a miracle. I'm praying for, a miracle. I'm praying for this. I'm praying that, uh, I'm praying for the uh, the uh, the angels from Africa uh, come and rescue us. And I was like, angels from Africa, are you on your fucking, are you on your fucking mind? <laughs> what are the angels? <laughs> That's out of pocket right there. And she started speaking. Wait, was she black? Was she black? White. She's white. This is a white person. White woman. Going up there talking about the angels from Africa will come and save us. And I was like, why Africa? Why? Yeah, what? <laughs> Africa. <laughs> well, like her exact words were for angels have even been dispatched from Africa right now, please. <laughs> I was like, no. I mean, if anything, the angels of Africa was 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 in places like Georgia and Philly and all those other places that help you know flip the the states blue. Um, my goodness, it was, <laughs> I was astounded. I can't. It was just angels from Africa. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, isn't it crazy? Like you you you, you racist to Africans, you're, you're all these black people in general, and then you expect. African angels to come and save you and do the work. Nope. Ah, uh, uh, white women, I tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, yo, it? real quick, real quick. Uh, the demographics, we didn't talk about the demographics, I don't think, did we? That was really interesting about we how- kinda, um, We kind of, we, we had bit. like a little like one-off sentence, but we didn't go in depth. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, white men were the only demographic that showed up more for, for Biden. <laughs> um and this election then <laughs> and everybody else showed up less and like i'm kind of conflicted because like i'm happy that they didn't vote for trump um because it was a pretty substantial move but mm-hmm. like all, like but like also i'll be damned before i praise a white man like come on now like <laughs> so like i was <laughs> i think one explanation one explanation could be that the men were like, well, fuck it. I might have to go, like, again, the Joe Biden argument, right? Like, Joe Biden's so bad. And I'm, and and they realized that Biden was trash. I mean, uh, Trump was trash and Biden was trash. So they're like, I'll go third party. That's mm. probably what happened. That's one explanation. I can't really tell you what else. But it was interesting because I didn't like, because a lot of people were saying Black men increased their oh, yeah. for Trump. It went from, like, what, 8% to 16%. And then you see, That's like, a- Black men. It increased in black women as well. So I'm just like, why can't you go after white white women? I don't know. <laughs> that's like surface. Thanks. That's like some surface level analysis, though. Like, uh, like, look at the reasons why. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> look at the reasons why. Right. It, it's not even necessarily that black people went to vote for Trump. It's it might have even been that black people didn't vote for Biden. That also affects percentages. Like, right. do people not right. understand how percentages work? Yeah. Is that what's going on? <laughs> so yeah yeah 
I think that might have been it, to be honest, because, yeah. Um, I think that's it. Uh, special. We got we did an interview with Daily Nexus. So, oh, yep. I forget that. Uh, that's we've been doing that while we're gone. Uh, Daily Nexus hit us up during a hiatus, so you know we still got the juice. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh man, uh, we we got the audio file. We're gonna upload. So we're gonna upload this episode, and then we also have the Daily Nexus one coming out for you guys. Um, we may do a Clippers one. We're talking about it. A Clippers joint, just 10 minutes, just bash because you know we're Laker fans. Uh, Way Off P is still on my mind to this day. I think about him every day. I saw him propose, actually. No, I, I, I didn't see him, like, but he's on social media and he proposed to a stripper wife. And, you know, I'll, of course, the jokes. <laughs> I love how you had to add that in. I love <laughs> how you had to add that in. I trapped. <laughs> That's okay that we support sex workers. We support sex workers. Support Don't sex get it No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We support sex workers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I pay for only fans here and there. You know what I'm saying? I got to support my people, man. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as you should, King. As you should, King. Ah, uh, yes, yes, sir. Supporting sex workers. But yes, yes. Uh, Paul George married a, and you know, married, a, married uh, his wife. And uh, congrats, you know, he's still giving away a ring. <laughs> you had that one cooking for a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, huh? you were waiting. On Hell that. yeah, I know you did. <laughs> you had to give away one more ring, man. But hey, congrats. Uh, anything else before we leave? <laughs> oh, rest in peace, King Vaughn, man. Rest oh yes. Oh, Vaughn, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. You just you just reminded me, man. You just reminded me with that uh with that stripper that stripper uh oh. line that you said. Got a stripper bitch. She from Kekachi. Ah! Oh man, rest. King Vaughn, man, I'm gonna really miss hearing Vaughn, Vaughn, Vaughn before every single song, man. Oh my God. Um, I'm, not, I'm not gonna sit here and cap like, uh, you know, like I knew him or like I listened to his music because the day he died, I had his uh, album queued up in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna listen to it in the morning, and then you know I went on social media and I was, I was like, damn, I just had his album queued up. Yeah. See, bro, with me, like, uh, I listened to him a cool amount, uh, but then, like, Tyus kind of brought it back up to me. Like, yep. I, I listened to him because of Lil Dirk, right? And I love Lil Dirk. Lil Dirk, my top three rappers. And so I listened to him on features and shit here and there. And then, um, you know, Tyus kept on bringing him up. Tyus always trying to put me on to the real artists, like, three or four of them at a time. And I'm like, okay, bro, I'll listen. Okay, bro, I'll listen. But I actually listen to King Vaughn. <laughs> and so, um, man, I had to listen to his shit like heavy in rotation and then you know his last album i never i never got to listen to it um i still haven't listened to it yet because like you i, I was kind of waiting on it and i was listening to other music just got busy type shit and then mm -hmm. um i haven't gotten i haven't been able to listen to it because i'm like damn like i don't know it just feels weird you know mm -hmm. like yeah yeah so i'm kind of just waiting on it because it because it feels kind of emotional you know because dude was such a young dude uh yeah. I'm not gonna act like he was some type of nipsy, you know, but like, <laughs> but like, yeah, he wasn't like a nipsy to me, you feel me? But like, I still fuck with his music and uh, it sucks to see young people in the rap game go, man. Cause he was real life, bro. I think he might've been, this might be a hot take. Uh, we could say this for another episode, but I think he is the most talented rapper to come out of Chicago. Pure talent in terms of his storytelling. Uh, his story, storytelling is insane. Uh, 
he might not be the singer that Lil Durk is, which Lil Durk, like, he's not necessarily a singer, but he probably got the best singing voice of all rappers that came out of Chicago, like Chirac type shit. He's definitely more talented than Chief Keep. Chief Keep wasn't very talented. He just gets people hype. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, hit bar for bar, King Von was a fucking phenom. So, uh, rest in peace, man. It sucks to see him go. All right, yeah, man. I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, that's it, man. Sheesh. Oh, we're back. We don't know what we don't know what episode it is anymore. I'm trying to fire right now. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> yeah. I'm about to end this meeting so I can actually save it. So, peace. Peace.